Jesus Christ. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. He's worthy of our praise this evening. Amen. I'm so glad to be gathered together with you here this evening. Amen. I would just maybe like to change the order a little bit. And I've just had this song in my heart and I feel like rejoicing with you. And it's a stand-up song. So I need you to stand with me and we're going to sing the original life. Aren't you so thankful to be a recipient of that original life? Amen. And when we get to those lines, true jubilee is sounded. I want to hear you sing it out like you really believe it, like you've really caught a revelation of it. Amen. And we have responded to our God. Amen. Let's start with that first verse. God's attributes were manifested to arrive this last age. We have caught the revelation by the last prophet's message. And we know
sounds like there's victory tonight. Praise our God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Brother Darren, I'm going to ask you if you would come, please open the service for us in a word of prayer. Amen. We don't have any written requests, but we do have a testimony. Thank you from Brother Sam Walder. He would like to say thank you for our prayers on Sunday. The Lord did a quick work. He was free of pain by that afternoon. Amen. Praise the Lord. God hears and answers prayers. Amen. Come, Brother Darren. If there's a need on your heart, amen, we know he's here this evening. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we are a blessed people tonight again. Lord, we just want to count our blessings. The opportunity, Lord Jesus, that we have even tonight to gather. Lord Jesus, whether it's here, Lord Jesus, at home, on the streaming, we're gathering around the carcass tonight, Father, because there's food and spiritual due season for us tonight, Lord. Father, you've prepared our brother Jean for a word, Lord Jesus, that meets the challenge of the hour that we're facing right now, Lord. Father, you're going to feed us tonight from that unadulterated word, that pure word of God. And how we're so thankful because that word has life in it, Father. That word gives us strength. That word is overcoming power to overcome no matter what the devil throws our way. Lord, we are more than victors in Christ. And Lord Jesus, we just want to give you the opportunity to speak to our hearts tonight. We want to give you the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to transform our lives. and To make us, Lord, what you want us to be. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we can come and praise you and worship you, Lord. And Father, we can just cast aside the cares of the day and just be washed in the washing of the water by the word, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, that we have no fear, Lord, like the world. But Father, you've given us victory after victory. We rejoice with our brother Sam Waldner. Lord, we prayed, we believed, Lord Jesus, and you did a great work. And we want to thank you for it, Father. Lord, any needs in divine present tonight, Lord. We have many needs amongst us, Lord. We have many prodigals, Lord. We have many that are being attacked by the enemy, Lord Jesus. We prayed much, Lord, but we're expecting results, Father. We know our prayers are not in vain, but you're the God that hears and answers our prayers. And so, Lord, we praise you even now because we know the answer's on the way. The work's already finished, Father. And, Lord, we just commit the evening into your hands asking that you would be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may have your seats. I'd like to welcome all those who are here this evening, those joining by way of the Internet, any visiting with us. I saw the Sarah Jacks come in. God bless you. Nice to see you. Anyone else who might be visiting with us, I just want to say God bless you. Amen. Brother Ray Vidzo is going to come sing for us. Amen. Why don't you come, Brother Ray, at this time? There he is. He's here already. Perfect, brother. Go ahead. There is one. Can I this real quick? There is one announcement that I need to make also. There are donation receipts are ready for pickup tonight and Sunday after church. And if they aren't collected Sunday, they will be mailed. Good evening, saints. God bless you. Brother Tom, it's good to see you. Welcome back. When we were sitting down, my daughter turned and pulled my coat and said, Brother Tom is here. (laughs) Amen. It's wonderful when our children can 
notice the love of God and his people and when you're not there they notice amen God bless you feel like encouraging myself in the Lord today um, the scriptures say and David encouraged himself in the Lord feel like doing that tonight feeling hard pressed what do I do I go to the very thing that I know only how which is to sing to the Lord amen God bless you If the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold And you have to get along with me, Gafeb Just remember in his word how he feeds the little birds Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there pain and your health you can't regain and your soul is almost sinking in despair Jesus knows the pain you feel he can save he can heal take your burden to the Lord and leave it there oh leave it there leave it there Trust and never doubt He will surely bring you out Take your burden to the Lord And leave it there When your enemies assail And your heart begins to fail Don't forget that God in heaven He answers prayer He will make a way for you and will lead you safely through when you take your burden to the Lord and leave it there leave it there leave it there take your burden to the Lord and leave it there if you trust and never doubt He will surely Stealing on, and your body bends beneath the weight of care. Oh, he will never leave you there. He'll go with till the end. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Trust and never 
song we'll sing is Brother Jean is Coming. I've, we t- learned it at the camp last year. And I don't want it to be a special. I'm going to play it and sing for it. But I think we have in the, in the screen, Yet Not I, but Through Christ in Me. I love the words to this song. And I just trust it will be a blessing to you. And if we don't have the words, well, you can enjoy it. But if we do have the words, there we go. Praise the Lord. You can sing along with me. Amen. And we'll just invite our Brother Jean to take the pulpit after this time. Oh 
time, Lord, to come and take the word. Breathe life through the scriptures, Lord, and meet the needs of your people, Lord. Lord, we're relying on you, Lord, not on the man, not I, but through Christ, Lord Jesus. May you come and speak the word. May you come and hear the word through us, Lord. Lord, my prayer, oh God, is that you take control of every situation, that you take control of every aspect of this service, Lord. That you meet every single need that's represented here, oh God. That you discern the thoughts in the hearts of your people. That everybody will go on with a portion from heaven, Lord God. That you deposited in their soul. Have the preeminence, Lord, as we invite you, Lord. 
have thy own way. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Let's turn to the word. We're going to turn into Hebrews chapter 11, where we were last time. We will be reading verse 1 to verse 3. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. You may have your seats. We're just going to pray one more time as you have your seats. Heavenly Father, one more time, Lord, we pray that you will breathe life upon the scriptures. As a prophet will oftentimes say, any man who knows how to read can turn the pages of this Bible and read. But it takes the Spirit of God to bring the context, to bring life, so that the scriptures can become flesh. In our midst tonight, Lord. You're not a God of history. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. So I pray, O God, that you announce this congregation with a baptism of faith tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. We're going to continue our attempt, part two, of the principles of faith tonight. I've never done part two of anything, so help me tonight. Um, for a subject, I'd like to speak on the invisible. That's what I've been pondering on for the past week. The invisible. I, I have a burden tonight uh, because there's so many needs among us. Just being at the prayer meetings, uh, you know, we, we have a WhatsApp group chat where we send all the requests that we've been receiving over the days. And, and sometimes when you look at that prayer board, it can, can be overwhelming sometimes to see the nature of the request, it's not, it's not just, you know, pray for me, I need a job, or pray for me, I need a promotion, or pray for me, my tire is flat. No, there are some very serious, serious needs. And God can answer all, all sorts of requests, obviously. I'm not diminishing any type of request, but I'm saying that the very nature of the request that we have is very serious. And I just wanted to be able to help you tonight and inspire your faith to believe. So we're going to speak on the invisible, so principles of faith. Part two. I will begin by reading a, a quote, Brother Brandon. So I'm, I'm going to start my stopwatch because the last time I was a little bit too long. Uh, so we'll stop when we stop. Or you pray that God takes us into heavenly places. So that by the time I'm done, you will feel like it was just 15 minutes. Right? Um, Brother Brandon says in the message to Baum and Gilead, he says, The one thing that we have to move up to now is supreme faith. To what we have had. You cannot have that faith until you know perfectly what you're doing. When you understand, you walk, you just say, well, I'm going home, I'm going out, I will start the car. That's all an act of faith. Tomorrow I will meet you at a certain place. That's all an act of faith. Because you've just done it so much. Because it's a regular routine with you. Well, that's the way the things of God are. After you've trusted him, 
and you will watch him do so many things till it becomes just a regular routine. And that's the condition I think the church will be just before the coming of the Lord. So the rapture will just go right on that way. It will be a regular routine of following the scriptures and the plans of God. So what is a rapture? Regular routine. Brethren, I'm saying that when you start your car or when you get up or when you lift up something, you've done it so many times that it becomes a regular routine, but you don't realize that that's an act of faith. When a child is learning how to walk and he's struggling to stand and struggling to take his first step and he's really struggling and he's, but over time, after doing it over and over and over again, that faith becomes so natural that it's regular routine. And Brother says that that's how it is with the believer. We've walked with God so many times and we've trusted Him so much that we've seen Him do it over and over and over again. Till walking by faith becomes a regular routine. The rupture is just as regular as coming to church. It's not going to be, there won't be an interruption to life. And it's going to be something extremely dramatic. It's going to be regular routine. Just like I got into the car and I drove to church. I'll step into a new body just as a regular routine. Because we have trusted in God so much. Till he keeps his word over and over again. Believing becomes natural. Believing becomes easy. It's natural for God to be supernatural. He doesn't overthink it. It is in all nature to be supernatural. The believer is called by faith to come to a point where experiencing God, relying on faith becomes just as natural. So many times in the message, when Brother Manuel talks about faith, he compares faith to the five senses that we discussed last time. He says, you know, faith is much more real than my touch, than my sight. The reason why he always compares faith to the, to the other senses is that faith has to become just as common to you as your other senses. It's common to feel touch. It's common to see. It's common to taste. It's common to hear. We've done it over and over again. When faith becomes just as common, we're getting one step closer to the rapture. When you're not trying to focus all your energy and all your faith into believing. No, believing is easy. Right, Bible says that high is a type of common faith. You find it everywhere. The same faith you have that when you turn the key, that engine will turn on. That's the same thing you have in the promises of God. That's simple. So that's the reason why we're speaking on those principles of faith to get you to that point, and myself as well, including here, that we will walk with God so much that everything that we see is just a regular routine. Somebody got healed? Yeah, regular routine. That's what we expect. You got to pray for you, got healed? Yeah. You pray for your children that got saved? Yeah, regular routine. That's what we expect to see in the house of the living God. That when needs are brought to the Lord, we get answers. It shouldn't be a surprise. My mind goes back to a service the brother Thomas spoke in a couple of years ago. And he, I don't remember all the details, but he shared a story of a man who was in the storm. And then uh, he said, I think to whoever was with him in the boat, and say, let's get on our knees and pray that God will dissipate the storm and all the fog. And they just looked at him. And he bowed on his knee and prayed, and then he got up. When they saw him praying, the other people also wanted to pray. He says, don't bother. I prayed. That is the man who expects that when he prays, God will answer. He's like, no, 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 don't bother. I already prayed. This is already done. So in verse 3 of Hebrews 11, we read, 
Through faith we understand that the world, the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, things that are visible are made of the things that are invisible. So before something becomes visible, at some point it was first unseen. So invisible is a character of an object that cannot be seen by the naked eye. When something is invisible, it's something that you cannot see with your eyes. Let's talk about the invisible just in this realm, and then we'll talk about it in the realm of God. Our eyes are the most used sense of our body. About 80% of all the information that you, that you get from the environment comes through your eyes. And almost a third of your brain is used just to process all this information. And the eyes, it's that organ that's responsible for our sight. And in one study, about 88% of participants ranked vision as the most valued sense. Of all your senses, the one that we value the most is our sight. Now, the way the eye works is a very complicated process, but it can be simplified in just a few steps. First, light bounces on an object and then is reflected to your eye or light travels directly to your eye. And then the light will penetrate the cornea and then there's a lens behind the pupil of your eye that focuses the light and the light is focused to some light-sensitive cells called rods and cones in the retina and precisely on what is called the focal point. So then through optical nerves, all this data, all this information that has been gathered by your eye is sent to the brain for interpretation. So the eyes will only gather the information and pass it on to the brain, but the interpretation is done in the brain through the mind. So our eyes are responsible for our sight, but it's, it's really with the help of your mind that you can achieve vision. Because vision and eyesight are not exactly the same thing. So the mechanics of the eye might be perfect. Your eyes, the mechanics of your eye might be perfect. There's nothing wrong with your eyes. But if you have a brain injury, that can affect your vision because the interpretation of what you see is in your brain. So we just don't need the mechanics to be able to see. You also need the dynamics. Because the mechanics might be in place, but if you don't have the dynamics, you cannot interpret all the data that you're receiving with your eye. And I'll, and I'll show you an example if you can begin the slideshow. I hope this is going to work today. Can you see what? Can you see something on the screen there behind me? So this is an example of the vision of a newborn, four months, seven months, 12 months. So you can see when the baby is born, everything is blurry. Even though the eyes are perfect, the mechanics of the eyes are perfect, but because the brain is not yet developed, so the mind cannot really process all this sensory information. About four months, then you can see in the picture, the baby can see the mom. Okay, this doesn't mean sisters that the baby sees the mom first. Okay, it just means that the mom is closer so that the baby can see. If the dad was closer, the baby will see the dad, just so you know. <laughs> now, at seven months, there's a little bit more depth perception. In 12 months, you can see a lot more. And this is because the brain also has to grow so that the mind can actually interpret what you're seeing. So you can look at something, but do you see? Right? That's why many people can look at the can can look at the same scriptures you and I look at, but they don't see. 
Many people can see, can look at the same world events that are happening today in the world, but they don't see. Many people can look at everything you and I look. The prophet was sent. Signs and wonders will follow. The opening of the word. They can look at all these events, but they still can't see. Even though their mechanics is right, but they don't have the dynamics that it takes. So for that sensory information to be interpreted correctly. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the mind. Not blinded their eyes. Blinded their mind. So with this physical eyes they can see. But without the mind they cannot understand. And brother says you understand with your heart and you see with your heart. That's why they can see with their eyes but they don't really see what God is doing in this day. We talked about last time different senses that we have and we, we shared how different animals have different senses. We talked about uh, the catfish, we talked about the shark, we talked about the deer and all these different animals and we showed that God gave each one of us five senses knowing exactly what we needed. And then he gave those animals also senses to be able to navigate the world in which they live in. Those who live, you know, the birds that fly, or those who live in the ocean, those who live in the forest, those who live in dark places. Each one of us, we have different senses to be able to navigate the world in which we live in. It's the same thing with your sight. So even all different creatures, we don't have the same eye ability or eyesight as, as humans do. For example, as you can see here in the picture... The vision, an example of what a human sees or what a cat sees, what a goldfish or rat or a fly, a poor mosquito doesn't see anything, but can accurately find you. Because it relies on another sense. It doesn't rely on eyesight. So different, different creatures have a different field of vision. They have different depth perception. They can see different things. Here, for example, you see a snake, which is on, on the bottom left there. A snake can, can, uh, can see your heat signature, right? There's thermal vision there. I know Brother Roy really hates snakes. He probably is going to hate them even more tonight. But this is what a snake will see. You and I cannot see that. We cannot see the heat signature of things. So our visions as human beings, our visions, our eyesight, our eyes are limited. The amount of information we can see and understand are also limited. Now, As great as our eyes are, we cannot see the heat signature of things around us like the snake, right? And in its limitation, our eyes can only see what is visible and the visible spectrum of light. In other words, there are things around us, there are things in front of us, things above us, things that are underneath us, behind us, that are real. They're not fiction, yet our naked eye doesn't have the ability to see them. So it doesn't render those things inexistent. It's not because I cannot see them that they don't exist. It only makes them invisible to the naked eye. So something that's invisible doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or it's not real. Something that is invisible is just something that your eye does not have the ability to see. So invisible things are just as real. And speaking in word terminology, invisible things are even more real than the visible. Brother says, eternal things are real. So what you do not see with your eye is much more real because it's eternal than what you see with your eyes. Now when something, because something is invisible, it doesn't mean it's fiction. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it's a myth. It's real, but invisible to your eyesight. 
that there's lots of things that are invisible. And radio and TV broadcasts constantly send signals. But unless you happen to have a piece of electronic or a radio or a TV set, you won't be able to understand it. Brian talks about it, that even in this very room, there are images in this room. Waves and waves of images or sound. I cannot hear them. I cannot see them. But each year, the device that was built in a way that it could detect or, or receive those signals, then you will be able to understand them. If I have a monitor here, that could take those images and show you on the screen, you'll be able to see them. So even though there's invisible images in this room, we can't see them, but they are real. Now, we are so used to the world being the totality of things that we can see. But there are words outside of what our eyes can see that are very, very real. Now, imagine if your eyes were as powerful as a microscope. You'll be able to see all germs crawling on your hands. And your brain will be so busy trying to understand what you're seeing that you wouldn't be able to concentrate on things that are more important. If you could see like a microscope, you wouldn't shake anybody's hand tonight. Right? Because we're, we've been programmed to worry about things that matter the most. So then our eyes, God knowing what we needed, eliminated or limited our field of vision. So we wouldn't worry about every single detail that we see every day. We have to worry about what is most important. So God says, yeah, I'm not going to let you see every single germ. I'm not going to let you see every single living creature. If you could constantly see all the bugs on your fingers, you'll be so distracted that you'll be able just to walk in the bus. Walk right into a wall, right? So, to, and for your brain to process all this single detail, it will take a lot more time. And you wouldn't be able to actually function in life because your brain will take so much processing power trying to understand every single thing that you see. So there's a limitation to your vision to allow you to actually navigate in this world. So if you look at a human being, poor example of a human being, but as you see me right now standing before you, see glasses, you see a suit, a tie, and everything, there's things inside of me that are invisible, but they are just real, but you just can't see them. So if you are to zoom, you will see blood vessels. If you zoom into these blood vessels, you'll see blood. If you zoom more into the blood, you will find white cells and red cells. And if you zoom even more into the red cells, you see hemoglobin. If you zoom more into hemoglobin, you'll find atoms. So um, there's multiple layers of things that exist, of worlds beyond what you see, that are just as real as the man standing before you. But your eye cannot penetrate beyond what you can see. So you don't see these blood vessels. You don't see the blood that's flowing in me. You don't see these white cells. If you cut me, you might be able to see blood flowing, but you won't even see the white and red cells inside that blood. You won't even see the hemoglobin. You won't even see the atom inside. Because your eye is not built to see those things. But there's an instrument that's built for that. You know what this is? Microscope. It takes an instrument like a microscope... To make the invisible visible. And the way the microscope works is that it takes light and focuses the light through some lenses until what was unseen is magnified and all of a sudden it becomes visible. Now what you see 
doesn't suddenly appear and was created then. It was always there, yet you couldn't see it. It becomes visible because now you're using a device that is built to look into things that your eye cannot see. A microscope has a better vision than your eyesight. It can see things at a biological detail that your eyes cannot see. Same thing with a telescope. I can look at this at the heavens. I won't be able to see the stars and all the details and all the Milky Way and the galaxy and the solar system. But if I have a telescope, it's built just like a microscope to take light, focus that light, and render the invisible visible. So there are devices that are specifically built to make the invisible accessible. Now I'm saying all of this as a background to say this. Faith is your microscope. Faith is your telescope. Faith is that instrument that God has given you. It's that sixth sense that God has given to your soul that allows you to look into the unseen, grab something for that realm, and make it visible. Faith can tap into the realities of God, take something that is invisible, bring it into this realm where it materializes. In other words, it becomes tangible. Something that you couldn't touch, that you couldn't see, that you couldn't taste. All of a sudden, it's here now in tangible form. What made you see it, tap into it, access it, is your faith. So through faith, Abraham says, I'll get to the quote after, but Abraham, where did Abraham get Isaac? In that realm. And I'll, and I'll read the quote for you in a little bit. But Abraham tapped into the unseen realm, and through faith he saw Isaac. And like he possessed Isaac in substance form. Now, he brought Isaac from the invisible into the visible. When Isaac was born, that's not when God gave him Isaac. He already possessed Isaac in substance form. And through faith, he was able to access it, see Isaac, bring him in this realm, till Isaac, which was invisible, became materialized. So through faith, Abraham tapped into the realm of the unseen. He saw Isaac and brought him from the invisible into the visible. And that's what Abraham says, the scripture says, Moses endured seeing him who is invisible. So through faith, we have access to a whole different world. So if you were to take a blind person and if somebody, if, if I'm standing next to a blind person and I have my sight and they don't, we live in completely different worlds. Completely. We're on the same planet. We walk on the same earth. It's the same sky above us. It's the same birds in the sky, but we live in completely different worlds just because I have access to one more sense than he does. Because it's, he only has four senses. And I have five senses. My world is completely different than his world. I can have conversations that he can never be a part of. I can have experiences that he can never be a part of. I can go places that he can never participate. Because I live through this extra sense that I have that he doesn't. In a whole completely different world. The believer who has the sixth sense lives in a whole complete different world than the people of this earth. We go on the same bus, we drive the same cars, we wear the same clothes, we go to the same superstore, but we live in completely different worlds. Because you have access to a sense that he doesn't, 
You can have conversations that he knows nothing about. You can have experiences with God that he will never know anything about. Because you have access to another sense. You live in completely different worlds. The bride of Jesus Christ who will step into the revelation of this hour lives in a completely different world than denominations. We read the same Bible. We read the same verses. We sing the same songs. But we live in different worlds. You have access to another realm through this revelation that has come in this day. We are not even on the same planet. And they want to talk about, well, these people believe the message, they are proud, they think that they're special. Of course you are special. We live in different roles. It's not because we made ourselves special. It's that God has given us another sense. And through that sense, we've tapped into the realm that you know nothing about. What did they know about the open book? Nothing. What did they know about what Adam lost and that title deed that's been restored back to the bride? They know nothing about it. What about Revelation 10 when the mighty angel came down with the open book? They know nothing about it. We live in a completely different world. Same Bible, same scriptures, same prophecy. But you have eyes to see. That's why the scripture said, blessed are your eyes, for they see. You are blessed because you have access to another world. Why Christ speak, the prophet says. See, faith sees what God wants done. He says, oh, I hope this goes in. Faith doesn't know. Faith, faith doesn't look at the present time. In other words, faith doesn't look at your current circumstances. Faith doesn't see here. Faith looks to see what God wants so faith looks at the outcome, not at the circumstances. And he say it works accordingly. That's what faith does. It sees what God wants and what God wants done. So faith is a revelation of the will of God. And then faith operates through that. It says faith is a long-range vision. It doesn't lower its sight. It holds you the target. Amen. It says it's a telescope. It's a binocular. In other words, it's lenses that you don't look around here. You don't use any binocular to look and see what the time is. See, you use it to look away off. And faith does that. Faith picks up God's binoculars, both of them, the New and the Old Testament, and sees every promise that he has made. And faith sees it out yonder. Faith chooses that regardless of what the present tense says, it looks at the end. It doesn't drop its side down to look here. By faith, you have access to another world. You can rise up in the unseen realm with a long-range vision. With a telescope, you can see the end of your circumstances. By faith, you can tap into a world where you can see yourself completely healed. Then you ignore all your present circumstances because you have access to another world altogether. We see Abraham, he was not a young man when this happened. He was an old man, 75 years old. And his wife Sarah, which was his half-sister, they had been married many, many years since she was, she was a girl about 17, I believe. And God told Abraham, I've chosen you and Sarah. You're going to have a child. And Sarah had been barren all her life. But Abraham never looked at what his eyes could see. An old, wrinkled woman, many years past the time of life to have children. But he looked at the unseen 
and he saw Isaac. There's a quote. Abraham didn't look at his current circumstances. He didn't look at his physical symptoms. Abraham saying, no, you know what? People around me might have access to only one pair of eyes. I have a different pair of eyes. That's called faith. That allows me to see in another realm. And in that realm, that's where he saw Isaac. Now, wait a minute. Last time we spoke, we, we spoke about your, your soul having no senses. Your soul only have faith or unbelief. Only those two. But what do you mean that Abraham sees? I thought we were not supposed to rely on our sight. How come Abraham could see Isaac? Right? Now, that's absolutely true. In your soul, it's either faith or unbelief. That's it. However, faith, which is the only sense that you have in your soul, can see, can taste, can touch. All taste and see that the Lord is good. With his physical eyes? No. With his physical taste? No. Wait a minute. Faith can actually taste and see. Wow. Now, the woman at the well perceived that Jesus was a prophet. Brother Michael, you spoke on this. Perceived. In other words, she saw him unfold. She saw the unfolding of God. When Moses said, the Lord will send you, the Lord, your God will send you a prophet like unto me. She saw that promised word. She saw that prophecy rolling down through the ages in invisible form. And she saw that prophecy taking on substance over the years, becoming more and more material, expressing this one, expressed to David, expressed to Solomon, expressed to the prophet, expressed to Isaiah, until it anchored into the womb of Mary and then became flesh. And she's seen the unfolding of God through the eyes of Faith. The woman with the blood issue, she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, that was her revelation, her faith, I know I'll be healed. What did she do with her works? She actually did what her faith declared. Remember, faith is not enough unless you follow it with works. She had the revelation, if I can touch him, then she physically went and touched the hem of his garment. Now Peter says, everybody's touching you. Jesus never felt anybody else's touch. So there's a different touch that faith has, different than your physical touch. How did she touch him? Faith. She touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said, somebody touched him. Also, Jesus also felt. So through faith, you can see. Through faith, you can taste. Through faith, you can touch. Blind Bartimaeus. Have mercy on me, son of David. The prophet said he never heard his voice. Everybody was screaming. But what did Jesus hear? His faith. So faith can speak and Jesus can also hear with a different sense from a different realm. So through faith, we can look at the unseen. Now, the scripture... The scriptures put faith and sight in juxtaposition. There's many scriptures where you see sight, you also see faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 where we read, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can you see it? Second Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, by contrast, 
not by sight. Psalms 27, 13, I'd fainted unless I'd believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. John eleven forty, Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see. So it, the scriptures, when we talk about faith, is always often compared with sight. Because according to man, seeing is believing. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, John four forty eight. Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So there are some people, they have to see to believe. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe that they were crucified with him. And they that were crucified with him rivaled him. So the people were saying, we need to see so we can believe. And Jesus said, yeah, you need to see things to believe, right? But here we read, Jesus told Martha, I believe it was, says, if you believe, you will see. And David actually picks it up also. He says, and I fainted unless I believed to see. So in the realm of God, seeing is not believing. But believing is seeing. When you have faith, you see. So by this comparison in the scriptures, we understand that faith is spiritual sight. That's why it's compared. Not by, not by sight, but by faith. Sight, faith, sight, faith. So the equivalent of your eyes in the spiritual realm is your faith. Just as our eyes allow us to see the visible, faith makes us see the invisible. Brian says this, Joshua, 40 years later, after he had entered into the promised land, began the great military, uh, being the great military general, won his first battle, his enemies had walled into a place where he was, there was no way for him to get them, so in Jericho. But by faith, he looked at the unseen. Because God gave Moses a promise while they were yet in Egypt, I have given you all Palestine. By faith, he saw the walls of Jericho laying flat on the ground. And he marched around and around in full armor with no doubt in his heart, but believing that God would do it. And when the trumpet sounded and the people shouted, the walls fell and they took the city. Why? He had seen the invisible. Jericho didn't fall the day Israel shouted and blew the trumpet and those bricks started falling off the wall. Jericho fell when by faith, Joshua saw all those bricks laying flat on the ground. That's when he got that victory. In the invisible realm, he had seen the victory. His faith made that victory materialize. So one day, Israel was blowing the trumpet after marching around Jericho. Those bricks began to fall, materializing what Joshua had already seen. Things that appear are made by things that are invisible. Now it says, look at Joshua. Before one rock ever come out of the building of the walls of Jericho, Joshua walked around the wall shouting the victory. For by faith, he saw the victory. He knew that the walls was coming down. By faith, he saw the victory. Oh, if you can only see your victory by faith. 
You don't need to see the evidence of it in this realm as we spoke about last time. If by faith you can see that you are already healed. If by faith you can tap into an unseen see yourself completely whole. If by faith you can see your children completely restored, then you can begin to shout the victory. Not because your eyes have seen it, but because your eyes of faith have declared the invisible. He says, how much can you walk around a wheelchair? How much can you walk around the cancer? How much can you walk around sin? Shouting the victory. Hallelujah. If you can walk around that sickness that's been plaguing you for years. Oh, so many prayer requests. Cancer, leukemia, and this and this and that. If you begin to walk around that sickness, shouting that you are already victorious. You don't have to wait for the elements of this world to show you that it's done. You have to tap into the invisible. Shout the victory in that realm of the unseen. Oh, glory to God. I see myself healed. Therefore, I can shout. Therefore, I can praise God. Even if in this realm it is still invisible, I possess the right equipment to declare what's invisible. He says, when you see him who is invisible, when that pulsation comes into your heart and begins to pulsate, I am the Lord who heals all your disease. When you can see that everything, when you can see that, everything else weakens away. Joshua looked at the unseen and he walked around the walls believing it will happen. He says, it all depends on what you're looking at. What are you looking at? Your circumstances? What are you looking at? Your situation? What are you looking at? Your family? What are you looking at? A doctor's report? What are we looking at? A prayer meeting? Requests on the board? Are we being overwhelmed by the seriousness of the request? No, sir. No, sir. My God can match every single situation. It doesn't matter how difficult your situation is. It doesn't matter how long you've been sick. I couldn't care less whether you were two years old or ten years old or born that way or twenty years old. It doesn't matter how long you've been in that situation. Amen. Bible talks about Daniel. Daniel, look at the unseen. And you know that the angel of the Lord stood between him and the lions. That same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. That same pillar of fire he saw into the unseen. Not with his eyes. By faith. Let's take a few men that didn't walk by sight. That looked at the unseen. Noah, for instance. Noah believed there was, before there was one drop of water that fell from heaven, Noah saw the rain coming. Noah saw the rain coming. It had never rained before, but through faith, through a revelation, he could see that rain falling. Now the day that the rain actually fell and people came knocking at the ark, let us in, let us in, let us in. That's not when the rain was coming. That's when it became material. In the invisible realm, he had already seen it happen. Let's turn to, I believe I have this on the screen so we can turn to it together. Second Kings 15, 17, you can just follow with me. 
when the servant of the man of God was risen early, so Gehazi, and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Here's two people. Gehazi, we talked about the three elements in which people live in. The humanistic element here, guided and controlled by what you see. Gehazi woke up and saw the army of Syrians all around them, and he panicked. So a man who lives in the humanistic realm is controlled by circumstances. You wake up, you feel good, and then you start feeling pain, you're down. You go to the doctor, and he says, I'm sorry, I have bad news for you. You're like, oh my goodness. That's a man that looks at the visible realm. He depends on his physical senses. He depends on what his eyes tell him. He can look at his arm and his hands. That arthritis is still there. He can still feel the pain in his back. He can still feel the pain in that foot. And that affects how he feels. That affects his demeanor. That affects his emotions. That affects his attitude. That affects his day. Do you know that children are guided by their sight? More than anything, right? So a child walks and says, Dad, look, that house is following us. Or the trees are following us. But you know better, the trees are not following the car. Or the clouds are following us. He's guided by only what he sees, but he doesn't really have the maturity to understand and to look beyond what he sees. So in the scriptures, when Paul says, we walk by faith, not by sight, he's saying we're no longer children. We're not children to keep walking by what we see. When I was a child, I spake like a child. I depended on what I saw. I depended on what I heard. I depended on how I felt. But then I grew up. I put all childish things away. I no longer walk by sight. I walk by faith. Because I am a man. We are grown-ups in the scriptures. We are grown-ups in Christ. Grown-ups in the word. We don't walk by sight. That's for Pentecostal children. You've been called to go higher. Why you walk by faith? Because a mature believer knows that the unseen is more real than the visible. So if you're walking by faith, I want you to understand tonight that God being here this moment is more real than me being here. So Jesus Christ being present in this century, it should be more real to you than the man standing behind the pulpit. This could be an optical illusion. This could be wrong. This could be something that your, your, man, your mind is putting on you. But Christ being present is much more real than anything your eyes declare. That's maturity is when you begin to walk by revelation, not by sight. So Gehazi saw the Syrian army. What he saw affected his attitude and his demeanor. His demeanor. Because he was limited by looking at the visible. He had a pair of eyes that was shut that he couldn't see beyond the humanistic realm. Because then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. What eyes? He had his eyes. He saw the Syrians all around him. But there was another pair of eyes that he had that was shut. Now the prophet's prayer opened up that eye. 
So there are some people, even though they have the physical eyes, they cannot see what you see because of lack of revelation. But prayer can open their eyes. Prayer for your loved ones, you can pray for them and say, Lord, open the other pair of eyes that they may see what I see. I know this message is real to me, but open their eyes that they may see this light that has come in this day. Prayer has the power to open eyes and bring people that are stuck in the humanistic realm, in the realm of revelation. You can bring them through your prayer and say, let's go higher. So Elisha saw everything Gehazi could see and more. See, faith is that super sense that gives you access to and more. So Elisha's attitude was controlled by the super sense. He was calm. No panic. He says, Lord, open his eyes. He was conscious of the unseen realm, of the invisible. Now, Brad Bonham says this particular quote. He says that Elisha probably didn't even see those angels. Elisha didn't see those chariots. He said, but he was conscious. Conscious of them being there. Oh my, that would distract me. Gehazi needed to see. So let's pray. God open his eyes so he may see. The prophet was calm, not because with his physical eyes he could see them, but because by faith he was conscious of the angels of God being present. By faith we are conscious that when we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. By faith we are conscious that where two or three are gathered in his name is in our midst. By faith we are conscious that the angel of the Lord is in this very century. By faith we are conscious that there's angels of the Lord standing next to you, influencing you to believe. By faith we are conscious of the invisible. Let me read that quote I referred to. Bernard says, As soon as God did something, here it is, get it? When God opened his spiritual sight, all around there, the prophets stood chariots of fire and angels of fire. He says, The chariots of fire outnumbered that Syrian army by the thousands. The mountain was on fire, angels on fire, horses on fire, chariots on fire. And the Bible says the angels of God camped around those who fear him. Just the same tonight, I wonder what would happen if a man here tonight had the power to strike across your eyes and say, look, standing around this tabernacle tonight, and say, you will be a member of this church for the rest of your life. But sometimes you can't see it with your natural eyes, but you can feel the impulse of it, something near, a sixth sense. That denotes something's near. So even though sometimes we don't see with our physical eyes, there's an impulse in your soul when the word is being preached that you know that the Lord is near. You will work on that pulsation of faith. It says Elijah probably didn't see it, but he asked for the boy's eyes to see it. Elijah was conscious that they were there. May every person here a praise. May every person in here that's bound by the senses, a sense-bound existence. Oh, some people are so bound by the senses that their existence is all around those five senses. They've never experienced faith. They've never experienced this other world that is even more real than the five senses in which they live in. And Brother Mom is praying for them. Those people that are so bound by the senses, only trusting what they can see. I have to see it. I gotta see it. What they can hear, what they can taste, feel, or smell. I was in church. I never felt anything. My. 
May they fall away from that tonight and go up in the realms of higher. And says, may this church literally rock with the power of God. Send the Holy Spirit. May every angel that you have ordained to be at this meeting tonight take his place now. Oh my. That's what strike me. God had a calendar and he had a schedule. And it said, here's your schedule for Wednesday night. You are going to stand by brother Nathan. You are going to stand by Kalista. You two angels are going to stand there. Okay, you stand by the pulpit. You stand behind these ministers. Okay, you five angels going that corner. May every angel that was ordained to be in this meeting tonight take their place. Think about it. Think about the angels that are standing next to you, Brother Ray. Next to you. Or then to stand in this meeting. Next to you. What are you saying? I believe in the prophet. There are angels that have been ordained to be here tonight. And I will say what he says. Let them take their place even now. Let them stand by every sinner. Let them stand by every sick person that's afflicted. Let them stand by the skeptic. Oh my, if you see I have doubts about this message, let the angels stand by every skeptic, inspire faith to your heart, and tell you that that demon that's whispering to your mind is a lie of the devil. There is, an other, there is another truth outside of this message. Let the angels stand next to every skeptic. When you're about to do your own will, bring strange fire as we heard recently. Let every angel stand by every skeptic. Convict you. Now faith and works are husband and wife. They work together. The husband works with the wife and the wife with the husband. They identify one another. Like a man who says he's married... And yet he cannot produce his wife. You doubt his claims. A man said, I'm married. You say, where's your wife? Oh, I don't know about that. See? It's kind of hard to believe a man like that. Say, where's your wife? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to believe him. So you see, if you have what you say you have, I have faith. How are you going to show me you got faith? By your works. Faith and works are husband and wife. You cannot have one without the other. If you actually have faith, then your works have to follow. It is not enough to just have faith. We talk about the principles of faith. You first have to believe it, accept it's for you, confess it, and act like you already possess it. If you do not bring your, the husband and the wife together, you don't have a holy union. Then there's no life. Since no circumstances will be considered when faith finds its bedding ground. When a germ gene from a man finds the egg in the woman and they're both fertile. When your faith is fertile and your works are fertile. When the germ of life finds the egg and they come together, it says you're going to have that baby. Because faith has found its bedding ground and works goes to work. It says, the holy faith of God, talking about Abraham, was united with the holy works of the prophet. Because Abraham, when he believed and he obtained an invisible, he got to work. He went, brother, and says he went and prepared the baby that was coming. He went and prepared the nursery and got the booties and got everything. We know the story. But he brought his works 
with the faith that God gave him. When the revelation that God gives you through faith matches your works, that's when you have the recipe for the invisible to become material. So faith and works are husband and wife, seed and egg. You need the two to have life, a holy union. So the wife makes visible the seed that's in the man. So unless the wife expresses the life, you will never see the life that's in the man. We can't see it. So that's the same thing with faith. Faith has to be expressed through works so that we can actually see what was invisible. Brother Lennon says this. Very conscious of time here. And another thing, I would never bring a person to the platform if it wasn't for one thing. That I may get them face to face with the person. Many times out in the building, you'll hear me call people and say things. He says, I see it materialize. The very life before me materializes. So maybe I'll sit and look out yonder and I'll see a little girl. And I'll speak what I see. And then it'll start materializing. And then after a while, it will leave. So the vision will leave before me. And then right here is sitting the woman. She's done come down to this age. And I see where she's at. So he's saying that in the vision, he sees in the invisible realm a life. He sees all about that sister, all about that brother. Then as he sees it, it materializes. The vision fades away and she's sitting right here. So the invisible eventually materializes. And the prophet can see it from the invisible all the way to when it becomes flesh. Now, I, was, I wasn't too sure I was going to share this, but let, 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 let's just go ahead and play the animation that I sent you about the, the, the tennis ball. So before we play it, I'm just going to make an illustration. I didn't plan this, but let's, let's see. I'm going to show you an animation of a tennis ball that bounces about three or four times and then just stops. So I'm telling you ahead of time what you're going to see. Go ahead and play it. Can you see it? Do you see it? You can play it again. So it's a tennis ball that just, it's an animation, it drops and bounces about three, four times and it just stops. Okay, good. Now you've all seen it. Did what I say happen exactly the way I described it? Right? You saw exactly what I say would happen. You saw a tennis ball bounce, bounce, bounce and stop. We can play this video 10,000 times. Every single time will be exactly the same. Now, I was able to tell you what would happen just because I saw it before you. Because I went, I was home, I saw that video, I know exactly what is going to happen, and I can tell you how it's going to happen. Then when I tell you what's going to happen, you believe what I say, and you actually see it, it happens just exactly like I told you. We can play it 10,000 times, that will never change. It will happen exactly the same way every time you play it. That is the benefit of having a prophet. So he's seen it already happen. You can have 10,000 chances. It will never change the outcome of that vision because he's seen it. So when he tells you it's going to happen, it will happen just exactly the way you saw it. The advantage he has is that he's seen it before you. But if you believe in what he said, you will see exactly what he described. If you believe what I'm telling you as the word, you will see the word exactly materialize just exactly the way I describe it. When God said by your, by your straps you're healed, 
you believe it, it's because he's omniscient. He's already seen it happen. If you believe it, it will materialize just exactly the way his word says it. Now, if you take away the video, what I say is still just as true. It's not because you don't have sight that you cannot doubt. We don't have the video, but you know exactly what will happen. You don't need the video. You don't need vision because revelation is just as powerful as a vision. Because the revelation is based on the word, the unfailing word. So, brother, I'm saying the highest level of vindication is the word. So your faith in the word is much more powerful than what you just saw with your eyes. Now a man that's born of the Spirit of God, he becomes the image of God. God, when he made this world, he spoke the word. There was nothing else to do, nothing else to make it out of. He just spoke it into existence. The world was made by the word, the invisible. And it began to materialize. And the very ground that you're sitting on here overnight, tonight, is the word of God materialized. So when you're walking every day, you're walking on the earth, you're walking on the word that was once invisible, now materialized. For you who couldn't have children, and now you have children, your children are your faith materialized. For you that were once sick, and now you got healing. That healing is the materialization of your faith. Your faith that was once invisible took on flesh, just like the word was once invisible and became flesh. Same principle. So eventually, the faith that God expressed through his word became material. What was once invisible was now expressed in the realm of the visible. It says, like the attribute, see, it's God. An attribute is your thought. God in the beginning, the eternal. He wasn't even God. He was eternal. He wasn't even God. God is an object of worship. He was Elohim, the eternal one. But in him was thoughts. He wanted to become material. Now, what did he do? He spoke the word. Then the word was materialized. See, that's the whole picture from Genesis to Revelation. My, the whole picture of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God materializing. It's the invisible God since the process, the early, before even the world began, Elohim from before Genesis till Revelation is the invisible God becoming flesh, materializing himself Day after day, age after age, through this one, through that one, through this prophet, through that prophet, through this woman, through that man, until he became flesh in Jesus Christ, and then went back in the ground and came back up again through this church age, through that church age, through that church age, until the very end of time, till you have a bride. That is the image of the invisible. Do you know that this, in no other age was God as visible in the church ages as this age? You say, what about Jesus? Well, Jesus was the fullness of God in flesh. But the mysteries were sealed. Still sealed. Now, in this day, the mysteries have been loosed. So that everything that God is, 
the entire nature of who God is, every aspect of His personality, every dearest secret to His heart is made visible through the bride. She is now the embodiment of the invisible God. There are people in this world that will never see God unless they see Him through you. Because you are the express image. You are what makes the invisible God in this day visible. You want to know what Adam was in the Garden of Eden? Look at you. Because the book has been restored to you. You are the very image of what Adam was in the beginning. Because that is what the word has brought you back to. That you may express the invisible. That's the whole picture of the Bible, it says. From Genesis to Revelation, it's about God becoming material. So that's the very nature of God, is that God loves to see His Word take on flesh. That's why faith, which is a revelation, which is a part of God, follows the same principle. So God wants to see your faith become flesh. That's why He gives you evidence and substance in the unseen realm. Because your faith will follow after the same pattern as the word. You will first receive it as something unseen. Then over time through your faith, staying faithful to the word. Confession. Acting like it. But your works, that invisible faith, over time takes some flesh. And the person who was once sleeping, all of a sudden the walking straight. And that person in that wheelchair, all of a sudden can stand out. Because the invisible becomes, the invisible becomes visible. God wants you to exercise your faith in the same way He exercises His Word. Whatever it is that you're praying for, He will give you substance, unseen, invisible. Then you get to work. You believe it. You confess it. You act like it. Every single day, you deny your circumstances. You deny your symptoms. You reject what the devil shows you. You stay with that faith. Just as well, God stayed with His Word. He said, let it be light. It took billions of years, Brother Ram says, maybe. Because the Bible says, and God said, it will be like, period. We don't know how long it took. But he stayed with his word. And he believed it. Because God wants to see the power of his word materialize. He wants you to have your faith materialize. So he will give you faith through his word in the unseen realm. And says, now believe me, I've given you your healing. Stay with it. Believe it. It will materialize. Just like I said, let there be light. It materialize. Your healing materializes. Your children materialize. If you don't have children, you look into the unseen realm. You go ahead and look into that realm and tap into faith and see the child that you want. Bring him from the invisible into the visible. You go ahead and look at that healing that you're looking for. I don't care what it is. Cancer, leukemia, look at yourself already healed in the invisible and bring that reality in this realm. God will never ask you to do something that you don't have the power to do. If God is giving you substance, it's because He knows that substance becomes material. He knows that the invisible eventually becomes visible. As long as it's faith, revelation, not a mental conception, not an imitation, not intellectual faith. If it's a part of God Himself, if it's a revelation from God, then that revelation has to become material. Oh, glory. Oh, my. Romans 10 says this, verse 9. If you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart 
that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart. In other words, your faith that's in your heart needs to become audible. We need to hear your faith expressed. Right? And then through confessing with your mouth, like the blind Bartimaeus is crying out. In other words, confessing with his mouth, he made audible the sound of his faith. So that faith was speaking. That faith was crying out. But then by his works, by saying, have mercy on me, Jesus, son of God. Through his work, his faith was expressed and Jesus heard the sound of his faith. Jesus never heard his voice. He heard his faith. But that faith had to be expressed through works. We talked about that there's no delay in the invisible realm. It happens immediately. Gives you substance, you have it. The delay is in this realm, right? In the humanistic realm. And that's what faith, that's what hope is. Hope is the humanistic realm. But I'm saying, if you rely on your hope, you hinder your faith. He says, hope looks for something way off, but faith claims it right now. Faith says, God said so, it's mine. Settles it. I don't care if I'm still crippled. I don't care if I'm still blind. I don't care if I'm still sick. That doesn't have anything to do with it. I believe it anyhow. It's mine right now. God said so, and that settles it. That's faith. But hope says, God said so, and I'm expecting to get it someday. You see? I'm expecting someday. As long as Satan can put you off to another day, that's as good as he wants. You will never get it. As long as you keep hoping, you know, one day I believe that God will heal me. One day, I believe. I believe one day I'll be healed. One of these days I'll see my family. One of these days I'll have victory over this. One of these days, one of this, one of this. As long as the devil can get you to keep saying it, you will never have it. But it says faith can possess it now. So what I'm saying is that tonight, you can possess whatever it is that you need. And I'm saying whatever in all caps. Because the scripture says all things. A-L-L. All things. You can include the entire world in that all things are possible. So is it possible that you obtain something from God tonight? Absolutely. Right now in this service. You don't have to wait for another day. You don't have to wait for another week. Right now you can possess through faith. The invisible. What is it that you need? Right now you can have it. What do you want? Do you want me to read quotes about Brother Bonham's discerning? And that sister, and this brother, and that sister, and that brother. You know it. You've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. How about in this service? Many people think, believe that things would have been different if they're, if they're in the meeting of Brother Branham and they came in the prayer line because he had a healing gift. No doubt he had a gift. However, could Brother Branham pronounce you healed even though you had no faith? Absolutely not. So what part did the gift play? See, by a gift of discernment, he could tell you things about your life that no human knew. And then that will awaken you to the realities that you're in the presence of a supernatural being. And that will ignite your faith 
to believe. So the purpose of the gift in the prophet is to manifest the invisible. So then when you see the invisible, it ignites your faith through a pulsation. And then you reach up in the realm of the unseen and you claim what you need. Then he says you're healed. Right? Now, we don't have that gift. I couldn't line you up here and say, this is what you're praying for. I don't have that gift. But we can take the word and preach the unfailing realities of God being the same today as it was 60 years ago. And that same word will ignite your faith through the word. If I can get your faith by the word to the same level the prophet will buy a gift, the result is exactly the same. If you're standing here and by a gift, Brother Benjamin can get you to believe. And I'm standing here by the word and I can also get you to believe. The result will be exactly the same whether the prophet was standing here or anybody else was standing here. Because what heals you is your faith. It's not the gift. It's not the man. The gift is to get you to a place where you can believe. So through preaching the word, we are declaring that the invisible is right here. That God is in our midst. If I can get your faith to leave the humanistic realm and believe that, you will get exactly the same result as you would if the prophet was here. Do you believe that? It's the word that heals. Faith in the word. Brother says in the fifth seal, he says, I believe. He says, not a vision. He says, but just a revelation of my faith. I believe that the time will come where limbs will be spoken into existence. What does that? The word. It's the word. It's not a gift. It's not a man. It's the word. Even the laying of hands is a Jewish tradition. We're not dismissing that. But it says, the way of the Gentiles speak the word. God wants a gentle bride that walks by the word because she is the word. So then your healing is in the word. Oh, brother Tim preached that last Wednesday. The answer is in the logos. Whatever it is that you need, the answer is in the word. Not in a man. Not in some emotions. Not in some atmosphere that you want to feel something. No, your answer is in the word. If your faith is anchored in the same word, you will get the same result. Says there's no blessing. There's no blessing in the Bible that you can obtain without first confessing it. There's no blessing. No blessing in the Bible without first confessing it. Says don't say nothing contrary, but only say what he said. So if you're feeling sick in your body and you're asked the question, how are you feeling? What should be your answer? No true question. <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Because Paul says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, this is where we have the problem. Is that in the unseen realm, we have the substance of it. In this realm, we have the symptoms. Now, how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day basis determines which influence you're subjecting your body to. Just like the Indian men say, it depends on which dog I feed the most. Which dog wins that battle? If that super sense says that you're healed, and then your symptoms in your mind still say that you're sick, and then your response is, I'm not feeling so good today, which dog are you feeding? I want to show you something. I wasn't going to get there. My goodness. It's on the screen. Let's say, and I'll, uh, just, just for illustration, because I couldn't find any, any other thing than this. 
For somebody who's sick, let's say physically in a wheelchair, because I couldn't get any other emoji in this one, this is what they see, right? This is what you and I see. That's all you see. When they receive faith that they're healed, this is what faith sees. Completely fine. Now, in this unseen realm, that person is walking. Completely fine. It's immaterial. Invisible. You can touch it. It's intangible. In this realm, the symptoms are still there. The pain is still there. The day-to-day realities remind you that it's still there. Now, you are caught in the middle. You are caught in the middle of this. You know what your faith is declaring, but you also know what your day-to-day reality is. Now, what do you put yourself to subjection? These two things are real. Just like I've shown you through a microscope, things that you cannot see with your eyes are just as real. A person that's healed in that unseen realm, there's zero symptom. They're completely whole. In this realm, they still have pain. They still have doctor's appointment. They still have lab results. Not that you are caught in the middle. There's a war raging between your sight and your faith. This is where your confession comes into play. This is where your action comes to play. Because now you're saying, oh my, between these two realms, what am I going to declare? I'm healed. I feel great. I have no pain. Praise the Lord for healing me. Oh, thank you God for restoring my sight. Just as physically blind. John Ryan came into a prayer line. And he got prayed for. Brother Mama says, I looked at inner vision in the invisible realm, in the unseen, I saw him walking healed. Therefore, I said, Thus said the Lord, you're healed. He went out of the prayer line just as physically blind. This is where John Ryan is caught. In this realm, he sees. In this reality here, he's still just as blind. Now he's caught between them. Now he comes back to a prophet. You told me I was healed. Prophet says, You told me you believe. He said, then what must I do? He said, I've seen that other lady. She was completely healed instantaneously. What should I do? He says, just go on your way rejoicing and thanking God. Now he's giving him the key to choose which one of these two realities you're going to subject yourself to. Go tell your neighbors that you're healed. Go confess that you're healed. Go praise God that you're healed. The next service, John Ryan comes to the service. What brother one is preaching? He says, everybody quiet. I just want to say, praise the Lord for healing me. Brother Adam saying he did that a few times in the service. Praise the Lord for healing me. Brother John, brother John, stop preaching for a second. I just want to say, I thank the Lord for he's healed me. Stop preaching for a moment. I just want to declare, God gave me my children. Praise the Lord. The symptoms are still there. But the faith is declaring something else. John Ryan, you're caught between these two worlds. What are you going to do? He went to work selling newspapers. X-ray, X-ray, praise the Lord, I'm healed. X-ray, X-ray, praise the Lord, I'm healed. For every newspaper he sold, there was a testimony that followed. Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Here's your newspaper. Praise the Lord, I'm healed. People are like, he's a liar. No, he's choosing which one of these two realities he will bring himself to subjection. As the prophet told him. He went to see his barber. And he says, so the barber says, like, I heard that you were healed, mocking him. He's like, yep. He says, praise the Lord for healing me. At that very moment, what was invisible materialized. What he could not touch became tangible. 
What he couldn't see became visible. He got up and he could actually see. Why? Because he chose to let the influence from that other realm dictate his life. Walking by faith, not by sight. How about that? How about you? What's your circumstance? What's your situation? You choose which one of these two dogs you're going to feed the most. Which one of these two realms you're going to let influence your day-to-day life. I don't care about that back pain. I don't care about that brain injury. I don't care about anything. Andrew, I was thinking about you. I don't care about that, that foot pain that you have. You choose in what realm. What realm is going to influence you? How about that pain? Do you believe that God can heal you even now? Then receive your healing. If you can believe it. I'm not preaching a God of 60 years ago. I'm preaching a God who can give you substance. How about that foot pain? Can it go away right now? Or to stand to your feet and claim it. In the name of Jesus Christ, you receive it if you believe it. EBA, you came to me in a back study with a prayer request. I want you to know, I was praying before service. And the Lord spoke to me about you. I said, you call out EBA and tell him about his situation. I will take care of it. You came knocking to the back story. And you gave me this request, didn't you? Lift up your hands, I'm telling the truth. You gave me this, and you say, Jean, here's my prayer request. I just felt in my heart to bring it to you while you preach, and I believe God will take care of it. Little did you know that in the invisible realm, God saw it. Now it materializes. So about that situation, I want you to know it's going to be taken care of. How about that, Brother Roy? That doctor's report the other day. Do you want to deny it? Do you want to reject what the doctor say and take what God says? How about that? Then you deny those symptoms. You deny that pain and get healed in the name of Jesus Christ. How about that arthritis, Sister Judy, and anybody else? Do you want to deny your symptoms? Do you want to deny your sight and believe that the God of William Branham is the same God today? That that arthritis can fall at your feet in the name of Jesus Christ. What's your need? What's your cry? Sister Rena, do you believe? Do you believe God can still restore limbs? Do you believe He can heal you fully? Yes. If you believe it, you can have it. Yes. Oh, how about it, Ella? Do you believe? Yes. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, brother, I'm saying it's faith. Then I give you that faith in the name of Jesus Christ. May you receive strength in your legs. I don't care about symptoms. I don't care about them. I care about the invisible becoming invisible material. Hallelujah. You work on that possession of faith. No doubt. The possession of faith is what allows you to bypass your mind and your reasoning and act upon a revelation. I'll read a quote close. The musician come. This so struck me. Brother Bonham says, Oh Lord God, I ask you to be merciful to us. May every man and woman sitting present that has any kind of sickness or affliction Oh, Moses throwed himself in the breach for the people. Tonight I lay my heart before the people. He said, with all the faith that I have, that's in you, that you've given me. He says, I give to them. As Peter said at the gate called beautiful, such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man was lame and weak for a few moments. But while they held him, his ankle bones received strength. And he entered into the house of God, leaping and praising. Thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. The apostle says, such as I have, I give thee. He says, it was faith. What did Peter and John give that man? Faith. 
revelation. He says, such as I have, I give to this audience. In the name of Jesus Christ, renounce your sickness. Greater is that's in you than the devil. That's trying to take your life. You are children of God. How about this, Sister Tracy? How about a tumor? It can fall to the ground in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, I command that Satan leave the people. May the God who rolled back that storm the other day, the God who made the winds and the waves to cease, may he see to it that every disease is taken from these people. Now, he says, I as your pastor, do you believe he's the pastor to the age? As your pastor and brother, with that faith I have, I have asked God to place it on you. I believe that I'm receiving what I asked for. Now, if you believe it with me, with that faith that I have, I give it to you in this hour. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, renounce your affliction and sickness and say you have to go. He says, because you have your faith plus my faith with the power of Jesus Christ, whose omnipresence is here to vindicate it. My you don't only have your own faith. In this day, God has taken the faith of a prophet. And he's given you the faith that he had. So now you have your faith. Plus the prophet's faith. Plus the power of Jesus Christ. The invisible God who's right here in this service. Where all things are possible. Saints, this is not a six years ago gospel. This is a present tense gospel. We have needs in this body. People with leukemia, people with cancer, people with tumor, people that need a touch from God. Yes, we believe preaching the salvation of the soul is more important. I believe it with all my heart. But some of you need to experience the healing power of God and see that He is the same today in attitude, in principle, in power. Not to 60 years ago. I'm talking about a Jesus who is here tonight. Every single person in this room tonight can obtain evidence, substance, faith from the unseen realm. And then you go out, confess, testify until that faith becomes material. Until the invisible materializes. Well, on this day, the doctor's report is going to say, it's all gone. But when did it lead you? Right here tonight. Tonight is where it left. One of these days, the doctor's going to say, oh, you're going to have that child. No, but when did you get that child? Tonight. Tonight you receive substance. Tonight you look like a microscope, like a telescope. You look into the unseen. Find what is it that you're looking for. Touch it. Obtain it. Bring it back in this realm. What's your need? What's your cry? What's your mountain? Speak the word of God. Since we have the power. We have the authority. You don't have to wait for another day. I tell you with all my heart, with all the confidence that I have in the word, not in the man. My confidence is in the word. I have absolute faith in the word. And God says, if you believe, then present tense, you have it. I'm not talking about manifestation. I'm talking about possessing right now the invisible principles of faith. Then that that invisible will materialize in your day. The word of God becomes eventually flesh. Right away, I want you to help me sing.
tell you one more testimony. Is that okay? Brother Wanam talks about two sisters that came in the prayer line. One of them, she had a stomach trouble. She couldn't eat. Anything that she ate, she would feel extremely sick. And he said, then he saw her again in the invisible realm. He saw her eating. He says, that's if the Lord, go home and eat your dinner. Now her neighbor was also sitting in the service and she felt good about the fact that God had healed her neighbor. God said, you also have a growth in your throat. That's it, the Lord, you're healed. They both went home feeling still sick with exactly the same symptoms. The lady went home and started eating because she was told to eat. And she felt extremely sick. So she kept trying every day. Every day she kept trying eating a little bit and she felt extremely sick. But she stayed with that faith. About three or four weeks later, one day she woke up and the kids went to school and she felt hungry. And she just felt a funny feeling. She said, let me, let me just go eat. She ate a little of oats. And she said, oh, I'm going to pay for this later. This is going to make me real sick. She felt no pain. She's like, wait a minute. She's like, oh, let me make myself a cup of coffee. She drank some coffee. She said, whoa, I'm feeling good. Let me make myself breakfast. She went, she made eggs and toast and butter and she ate. And she felt so great. She ran to her neighbor. And once she got to the door, the neighbor was screaming. She thought that somebody died. She wanted to see what's going on. She said, that growth in my throat, this morning I woke up to brush my hair in front of the mirror and it's completely gone. Brother one of them said, what is it? It was the angel of the Lord visiting that neighborhood to make sure that the word that was pronounced on them became material. The angel of the Lord went in that neighborhood because there was still something invisible 
that wasn't made visible yet. And that is contrary to the nature of God. God's nature is that the invisible has to materialize. Nothing will return to him void. I'm telling you, the angel of the Lord, one day from this service, could be five minutes from this service, could be two weeks from this service, it could be one month, he will remember the word that was pronounced. And he will come in your neighborhood and make sure that the invisible takes on flesh. Hallelujah. Oh, Sister Francine, I've been listening to that song you sang on Watch Night over and over and over and again. The angel of God is here. <laughs> leading our souls to believe in the invisible, the unaudible, the inconceivable. Giving us faith to believe for the impossible in this new day. Oh my, I don't know if you could sing that song, but it's been on my heart. The angel of the Lord is here. He's causing you to have faith in the invisible. He's causing you to believe things that your mind could never conceive. He's causing you to hear from another dimension what was inaudible. And then he's giving you faith to believe in the impossible in this service. Can we sing that chorus? Is that, is that okay? Just the chorus. I don't know if you have the words on the screen.
faith to believe for the impossible. EPA, faith to believe for the impossible. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Angels are here. Feel that possession of faith. Wave and wave and wave and wave. Wave after wave of faith. Hallelujah. Do you believe? What's impossible? What's inconceivable? Do you believe? How about Elijah? Can God give you your son? Believe. Hallelujah. How about Mr. Jane? How about Isaac and Violet? Can God give you your children? Hallelujah. How about Ray? You believe in that situation? Can God take care of it? Do you believe in the invisible? Do you expect for the impossible? Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Dan, why don't you come? Close in the word of prayer. Praise him. Praise him. Worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's already provided. There is an atonement. You expect to tap into the atonement. Hallelujah. One of these days, you'll be raptured out of here. How? Routine faith. Just another routine in the supernatural. Very soon, what was invisible will become our everyday life. You'll be in that realm where there's no sickness. In that realm where there's no sorrow. Where there's no tears. Oh, when there's no symptoms whatsoever. In that beautiful land. One of these days. Hallelujah. Dan, I'll come and close in the word of prayer. I feel him. I feel him. Now with my physical senses. Through faith, I can see him. Through faith, I can touch him. Through faith, I have the evidence of the invisible. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. After a service like that, we can worship him, can't we? Has he done something for you? Let's worship the Lord. Give him praise. We water the word with praise. Amen.
Father, we worship you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and thanksgiving, Lord Jesus. Not only because of who you are, Lord Jesus, but what you've called us to, Father. What a great revelation, oh God, that you've given us, Father. We see into another realm, oh God, with that sixth sense that you've given us, Lord. Not eyes of this flesh, oh God. Not the hands that we can touch, Lord Jesus. Not our taste, nor our smell, Father. But the eyes of faith, oh God. Looking into the promises, Lord. For they're your yea and amen to them that believe. And tonight, oh God, we believe, Father, that whatsoever we have claimed, it is ours, oh God. It is ours, Lord Jesus, because you put substance to our faith, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we're not as Gehazi, Lord Jesus. But Father, help us to be as, as the prophet Elisha, Lord, standing there with the confidence that the angels of God were on the scene. And tonight we know that the angels of God are on the scene, Lord. Even as it's been declared over this congregation, there's angels two by two, one by one, in each corner of the sanctuary, standing upon the word of God, standing with the saints of God, and giving them what they have asked for, Lord. Oh, God, even as we heard on Sunday morning, there's a warfare for truth going on, oh, God. But we stand upon the truth of God this this evening, Lord. We stand upon your word, Lord, that you've given unto us, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for your word, Lord. We're thankful for the servant of God who has labored, oh, God, who has set himself aside, Father, who's been used by you, Lord Jesus. It's not the words of man, but it's the words of Almighty God. And you've given us your word, Father. And let us not be, Father, let us not, oh God, cast back into our minds and doubt or doubt the faith that you've given us. Let us not look to the symptoms, oh God. 
but then let us remember this tie post where we can stake our faith and say, something took place. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was, but something happened. And where you are, good things happen, Lord Jesus. Tonight there's been a showdown, Father. Tonight, oh God, there's been a showdown between God Almighty and Satan's kingdom. And you have won, oh God. You won the victory, Lord Jesus. You won the victory over our healing, oh God. Over our deliverance, Father. For our children who are in the world, Lord. Our loved ones, oh God. You won the victory this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your love to us, Lord Jesus. That you would come on a simple Wednesday night. Give us words of life, Lord Jesus. That can anchor our souls, Lord. We thank you, Father. We cry out to you, Abba, Father. Because you are our Lord, our Father, our Savior. We bless your holy name, O God. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, Father, over these these precious people, O God, your children tonight. Pray that as we go from this place that we would take the name of Jesus with us, Lord. We would take your presence with us into our homes, into our lives, Lord. As you've declared upon us, Lord, we are atmosphere creators, Lord. So let us stand upon our in our homes, Lord. Even in bad situations, let us stand and create an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere of believing, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your servant, Brother John. Bless him, Lord, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit this service. We commit the word into your, to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. bless you shake one another and a lot of science don't worry about germs god bless you